Hi, and welcome to the Crit Hit Wild podcast, where we cover all things Marvel Crisis Protocol, and we cover a new character every week. This week, we are doing The Black Widow, and I'm your host, Fred. I'm Brad. I'm Brandon. And I'm Steven. Hey, guys. How is everybody doing this week? Uh, how, uh, how are you doing today, Brandon? Uh, doing pretty good. Well, that's good to hear. Much much better than yesterday. Yeah? Okay, uh, I'll uh, if you want to tell, go ahead. But if not, we'll just move uh, on. Right no, I was just kind of sick yesterday. Oh, okay, okay. Thankfully, I, it was only like a twenty-four hour buck, so much better. Today. I had I had one of those twice this week. Yeah, I, I don't like. Everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what's going on? I was like, "Listen, like, it came too cert. It came too quick. Like, it was like two a.m." Friday night, it hit me, and then, like, well, I woke up today, and it was literally fine. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm I, I, I'm glad it's feel, you're feeling better. That sounds... You sound better than... <laughs> well, uh, uh, how are yeah, you doing, Brad? Gunk. Uh, I'm doing great, except for being sick twice this week. Wait, is something going around? Yes. You don't interact okay. with people, so you probably don't need to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I interact with you. Yeah, that is true. So now I can blame this on Brad. You have a public-facing job, too, Brandon. Yeah, but I hung out with you on Thursday, and I got sick Friday. Oh. Okay, but I wasn't sick Thursday. I was, yeah, also, I was also sick Friday. Yeah, which means I got it from you. Okay, if you, you were sick. You might have got it from me. Friends <laughs> sharing again. That's <laughs> Did Jared well, or Borka how... get sick? I don't. Oh, I they don't didn't know the mention answer. it. They didn't mention that they were. I'll have to follow up with them. Uh, how are you doing today, Stephen? I'm fine. The heat has finally dissipated in Idaho. Actually, it dissipated kind of last week, so. But right. still out here working. The, other, the one of us on the other side of the country who can't, Brad can't get sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. I didn't get Fred sick either. Yet. I was in Pittsburgh. That's my excuse. I just got back. All right. All right, well, let's move on to uh, our podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be doing The Black Widow, but before we get to that, is there any news that has come out from uh, Atomic Mass Games that we need to discuss? I, I think that the only thing that came out is we now know the schedule for... Um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the Mini name? I just said it. Mini Stravaganza. Mini Stravagant. Thank you, Brad. Uh, we now know the schedule for Mini Stravaganza. Uh, if you want to know the specifics of the schedule, go ahead and look it up. I, I don't have them in front of me at the moment. so. Uh, but they are readily available. I believe that's the only news that we have, though. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. We'll have well, stuff have... in like two weeks. When, yeah. when we actually have any extravaganza. Right. Right. Okay. 
Well, uh, have any of you played any games recently that you want to talk about? I didn't play MCP, but I played a different game. What'd you play? I played a Song of Ice and Fire miniatures oh. game. You pl- okay? Uh, wh- what was? Tell me about that. What was that game like? I- I'm interested in the game. It looks pretty. It looks pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Jared kept saying we played a three-player free-for-all. Me, Jared, and Borka. It was supposed to be a team game, but somebody kept telling us he was about to leave and then never left. So I left before the game ended. Barely. Barely. So I played Starks, Borka played Lannisters, and Jared played uh, Night's Watch. And uh, it was fun. It's rank and file. And uh, you push little trays of people around. Okay. Uh, Did you all play at the same time? Yeah, we played a free-for-all. Oh. So this is a game that you can play more than just two people? Yeah. Interesting. You can play team or free-for-all, and they have rules for it. Okay. So it's not like we just made that up. Uh, It's fun. That would have been crazy the first time you ever play a game to make up how you want to play the game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've definitely played multiplayer demos that for games that aren't multiplayer, but that's fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to make allowances when you're yeah. just starting. Uh, Jared kept mentioning that he it felt like playing War Machine again, like in a yeah. good way. Yeah. He has only mentioned that 30 times in our group chat as well. Yeah. I actually believe he said it this morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you said movement trace, it does. It sounds like it might take a, a page out of uh, historical war gaming because we used to have movement trace for uh, Napoleonics when I was playing that. Yeah. It It's the rules, the base base rules, like how you attack and how you defend is similar to um, Warhammer Fantasy slash AOS, but more like fantasy because you're on trays. Um, mm-hmm. So you also it do is not that, have to build the models. They are they are pre built. And Fred, I know you like the Starks. I do. And I have some Starks that I could let go for real cheap, and I am currently painting them, so you you would have fully painted models. Oh, my. Uh, I may take you up on that. He's baiting you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm being baited into a new game again. <laughs> At least this game is cheap, and you don't have to do or buy anything else for. No. <laughs> yeah. You will have enough to play fully painted. Okay. Well, uh, did you say who won? Who won the game? Oh, the first game, I technically won. We didn't play with any objectives. And uh, so, but you get a point for every kill you do. And um, we took out Jared. We we did three little fights. Me and Jared had a couple units fighting. And then uh, Borka and Jared, and then me and Borka. And at the very last attack um i think i was attacking borka but 
uh, it ended up our both our units died at the exact same time. But I had killed more things throughout the game than him, so I technically won. Uh, okay, so this was an absolutely pyrrhic victory. Yeah, you lost literally everything on the table, but you technically won. Yeah. And then the second game, they ganged up on me and took me out first, and I just had to sit and watch them play. <laughs> well, that's the threat with a three-way game, is that yeah. the engagement won't ever be literally exactly, you know, uh, against both opponents. Jared won the second game. Okay. Jared, who uh, bought into the best army in the game. He did. He did immediately buy the highest-ranked tournament. Which, uh, which army is that? The Night's Watch. Night's Watch. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know if he knew that going in. If but of course, uh, of course he picked it. Of course you he start, knew that. <laughs> you start on top of a wall made of ice. It's a huge advantage. Uh, no. His his cav, his horse dudes, they were real bad. But the rest of his stuff was pretty good. Okay. Well, it sounds interesting. It's fun, Fred. You would like it. I probably would. Okay. I'll take it I'll take it into consideration. Okay. That's all we ask. Just do Did what anyone I do. Else? If you if you get one game, you just have to quit a different game. <laughs> I'm listen. I'm already like I own an army for uh, not an army, but I own a playable amount of models for Star Wars Shatterpoint, and I have not played that game since Brad first showed me. We do need. So to, I'm, we do need to play more Shatterpoint. Yeah, I cannot stress that enough. Oh, and being Fred, an adult. Fred, if you buy my Starks, I can get something I like better, like Greyjoys. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Mm, I need to send you money, actually. Yes, you do. Okay, we can move on now. Okay. AOS, All right. is, um, I mean, not AOS. A Song of Fire and Ice aside, done. Okay. Uh, well, I don't think that anyone has played any games of MCP recently. It's just been... A week of doing other stuff. I I've was in Pittsburgh, and uh, Stephen is in Idaho, so we're all far flung from our normal haunts. I played forty k. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Yeah, I really like this edition. I, I, a lot of people are playing 40k now. It seems to be the addition is very strong. They simplified a lot. They simplified almost everything. So, like, it's really easy. It's much more simplistic, and, like, there's not as much complications, and everything's pretty straightforward. Well, they they took their new, new uh unit concept directly i mean stolen i mean just copied from mcp right or the units and the characters um kind of so i mean they definitely took stuff from the other uh like successful miniatures games 
and they definitely made it a lot more simplified. Like you don't have to, um, they also made a new list builder, which is really convenient. I'm trying to think of like the point value is no longer determined. Like you have an overall point value for your model that does not matter what weapons you took. Like in the old editions, if you took specific weapons, it would increase your point value. Now you have an overall point. Like if a model's a hundred points, it's a hundred points, no matter what weapons you take with it. Okay, I, I I mean the 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 whole point value system is super complicated. I well, actually it's not I don't know. Anymore, it used to be. Fred. No, it's, not yeah, it's, it's not anymore. Yeah. So yeah. now it's just every model is a base point value, and you just build up to whatever point value you're playing at. If it's five hundred, a thousand, or two thousand, they got rid of the power. Which was also really complicated. It was just like they just got rid of all the stuff that made it overly complicated. Like it was a game from 1993. <laughs> so it's a lot funner now. They're making they have a lot of new models. Uh, they've got some giant bugs coming out, which are really cool. So uh, I was about to ask which faction you were playing, but I think you just told us. Is it the I, Tyranids? I, I play Tyranids and Imperial Knights. So okay. I, so most everyone right now is only playing thousand point games, which I can't play Imperial Knights at successfully. So I played Tyranids at thousand point games uh, because knights are about five hundred points a night. So when you get to a thousand, you can only have like one big knight and two little knights, which is just not—it's not good. Oh wow! Versus. Yeah, so because in a two two thousand points, you can play like two big knights and like six little knights, which is very doable. And then Tyranids. So the way I'm playing Tyranids is I can play a bunch of big bugs, and then you get to play all the little. And then the little ones cost next to nothing. Like I think, hold on, I think I can bring like twenty guys for like thirty points. Wait, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they, it's the they Tyranids. Suck. They're bad. Yeah, they're they're literally just there to die. Yeah, I guess that is what they it's, do. So it's like twenty of them for. So they're these guys are sixty points per ten. So they're not good. But yeah, like, yeah. you can take a ton of them for like very little points. They almost got me to come back in. Oh, they almost they got almost you, got you. What? <laughs> They almost got you? That's crazy. Dude, I've been playing 40k since chapter approved. And I haven't played since 7th edition. This edition's really, really good uh, so far. I, I, but they're taking, but it, away, they're taking away my firstborn Blood Angel Marine, so I'm out. When you say taking away, do you mean like they're just non, not playable anymore? No, they're phasing them out. Man, that's so frustrating. Yeah, they've uh, there's a lot of changes. Ah, but they're like, so a lot of the stuff they're phasing out, they're just making new models for. It's right, Games but, uh, Workshop. I, so that's, they're, I know. That's, I I'm know not, that's not a positive. <laughs> yeah, but I that know. is. But there's also if you might just be able to if they change the base size, you could probably just rebase them and then use them. I know that's what a lot of people do. Like I've seen people play with like the old metal models. Still, they just rebase them. 
that's the one thing I do like about 40k is they're not super like strict on like that kind of stuff. Well, <coughs> they are in like their that... in their own stores, like the GW yeah. stores are. But other than that, they're pretty. Wow. Yeah, I'll never go to one of those and actually play events, so it's fine. Yeah, because if you go to like if it's a GW ran event, like you have if your model if you're using X weapon, your model has to have X weapon on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the... God, <laughs> I mean, it, it, if we're playing a game of Marvel Crisis Protocol, you have to have the model when you're playing that model on a, mm -hmm. a in an official tournament. But that's different because yeah. if you've bought the model, you have it. It's yeah, not there's like... not different like weapons and stuff. Well, although you do have to, you know, you can't use Amazing Spider-Man for the new core box Spider-Man, technically, right? Yeah. So, and that's the one cool thing, because I played, when I played Thousand Suns last edition, which I didn't play a ton of, when um, I needed, like, Chaos Spawn, I used D&D &D miniatures for my Chaos Spawn. Like, okay. And that's, and that's, like, what they gave me to use, like, the people playing. They're like, no, just use these. Like, you don't need to go buy that $60 box for one model. And it's right. the other problem with GW. <laughs> Everything is Their expensive. Their prices are crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just released. Uh, it's a new tiered model. It's, I mean, it's huge. It's a big model, but it's a hundred and fifteen dollars. Oh my goodness! What is it? Is many, it just one model? How many did you buy? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good strategy. I do not want to talk about it. Oh my uh, god. It's the Norn Emissary. I, to be fair, it is... I... To be fair, I am not paying... I'm only paying, like... $80 for the two models and the Codex. Which is the Book of Rules. Because I have saved my points successfully. Oh, okay. And I'm using them. Yeah, so I... But it's like five times the size. It's like let's see, let's see. What? It's like three times the size of like a Terminator. Can you hear a... yourself talking? You had to pay money for the rules. You don't have to. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so it's a it's a book of. So I know you don't know a bunch about for you. So the book is like a lot of lore. So it's like I, a story of what's going on, and then okay. like rules and stuff like that, which to be fair, is something that bothers me immensely about it. However, um, the rules are usually easily... Well, they have an app that the rules are going to be updated into, so you don't need the book. How And they also... The rules are usually easily found online in a PDF format. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, was, I was being facetious. I understand that that's like there's some real value there in the lore and I, I actually do like the lore from 40k quite a bit it i think it's it's a, something a that i actively try not to get into because i think i'll enjoy it entirely too much yeah well, there's a lot of good stuff in there the only thing you need to know from the lore is that baby space jesus will save us all <laughs> And you just have to sacrifice 1,000 psychic people every single day to keep them alive. No, baby space Jesus is sanguineous from the Blood Angels. 
Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant the emperor. No, he is not. No. <laughs> <laughs> he is the opposite. He is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, enough I, about 40K. <laughs> enough about 40K on this Marvel Crisis Protocol co- yeah, that podcast. Was, that was way too much 40K, guys. <laughs> but uh, I think that... Is there anything else that we have to talk about before we go into the person that we are doing today? I'll, I don't I'll, think I'll, so. Okay. All right, so uh, then the the character that we are covering today is the Black Widow. The the is important. Uh, her otherwise known as Natasha Romanoff. Uh, her defensive stats are four, three, four, four physical, three energy, and four mystic. And Brandon, I see this model that you just dropped in our in our chat, and it is amazing. Right. I just I I it is worth pointing out that that is beautiful. That is a very cool Tyranid model. Okay, back to the model that I am talking about, which is Natasha Romanoff. Uh, four physical, three energy, four mystic. She has six stamina on her front side and five on her back side. She has uh, a threat value of four, which is the worst thing on this card. Uh, she is size two and she is movement speed long. Uh, Brandon. Do you want to go over her attack suite? Yeah, I can. Uh, okay. So she has an energy attack. It's shock bat- battens. Range 2, 5 dice, 0 power. After the attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to damage dealt. Has a wild shock. Before da- before damage is dealt, the target character gains the shock special condition. And then another second attack is energy. It's Widow Stingers. It's range 4. Four dice, zero power. After attack resolve, it gains one power. It has a wild stun, so before damage is dead, the target character gains the stun special condition, which is really cool because it's before damage dealt. And then her spending attack is a physical deadly origins. It's range two, seven dice, uh, four power. After attack resolve, the character may advance medium for a wild and a hit. As finisher, after the attack resolve, the character may make a shock patterns attack. This character may re-roll any number of his dice during that attack, including skull results. Okay. All right, just uh, to be clear, those are shock batons. I was gonna make fun of him when we brought when we went through the character, <laughs> but yes, uh, you say batons like someone who's who mispronounces bagels. As bagels. Why would you yeah. mispronounce bagels like that? <laughs> also my dogs are going crazy right now so okay uh well uh you go take care of that uh brad um why don't you go over the first two of her superpowers okay first one's reactive calculated risk it costs two whilst character is defending against a physical or mystic attack during the modified dice step of the attack it may use the superpower this character may reroll any number of its defense dice, including skull results. Uh, innate, all that matters is the mission. When this character would drop an objective token, its controlling player chooses where to place the token instead of the opponent. Okay, and Steven, why don't you finish out the card? We have an innate power, martial artist. When this character is defending against a physical or energy attack, targeting it from within two 
This character adds blanks in its defense role to its total successes. And also the innate um, superpower of stealth. Characters must be within three of this character to target it with attacks. Okay. So that is uh, the Black Widow. Um, she loses a health on her backside. Yes. Yeah. She I has she... mentioned that or not. I, I did. I did mention that. Um, yeah, she does lose a health. She has 11 total stamina for a four threat model, but she has enough defensive tech on her to be like, I mean, she will stick around. I think that she's got a, 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 a weird amount of defensive tech. And she has, what, what is she it? has defensive tech for all three attack types. Yeah. Which yeah. is rare. Yeah. And she has stealth. And she has an another thing that makes it so... W- probably the best thing on her card. Yes. Aside from martial artists. There, there are actually some really good things on this card. But all that matters is the mission is awesome. That's really strong. Like, if she's holding something important... Oh, excuse me. If she's holding something important, she drops it wherever you want to drop it instead of where your opponent wants to drop it. So they can never... You'll never place it in a place where the active character can pick it up. So good. Like, they they will not get it on the activation when you get taken out. Which can be huge. Uh, what is everyone's initial thoughts here? Uh, how about you, Steven? What, what are your initial thoughts? On... Well, like the, pre- the precast, okay? If you look at her attack suite, okay, um, it's almost a copy of Blade, just in different forms. Calculated risk is Blade, is a Blade superpower again. Mm-hmm. All that matters is the mission, is the shield grunts, and martial artists and stealth are Black Widow from the original core box. So they all got together and had a baby. So, <laughs> No, but yeah. her shock shock batons are range two, strength five. She has the wild shock. Blade has the wild pierce. It also gives bleed on top of mm-hmm. that. Her widow stingers are his little glaives that he throws. It's strength yep. four, range four. The, the difference is, you know, this one's an energy attack. That one's a physical. Her shock batons compared to his katanas is energy versus mystic. On a wild, he triggers a bleed. She triggers a stun. And Deadly Origins, um, Knight of the Damp Fear. Uh, this is range two. His Knight of the Damp Fear is range three. They do get to move medium after the attack is made. Her finisher is just a little bit different, but if the character is bleeding for blade, you get to reroll any number of your dice. Yeah, it's I, I the exact definitely see same thing. I, I see a lot of the of similarities. I think there are some relevant differences, though. I think that Wild Stun is a lot better than Wild Bleed. And especially that it happens before the damage is dealt. Right, but... I, I mean, mean uh, I, I, that being said, I, I see the point that you are making, and I agree with it. Like, I think calculated... Is calculated risk worded exactly the same as the... Yes. It's yes. the exact same wording. Yeah. Exact same power. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, I uh, there is definitely a lot of blade on this card. Yep, sure is. Blade mm-hmm. wishes. 
Blade wishes. <laughs> oh God, I wish he was a martial artist. I wish he had stealth. Uh huh. It's he's a vampire. He should have stealth, right? No. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, he's a daywalker. He's a daywalker. No stealth. I also think uh, I, this seems to be happening quite a bit where they have the the builder and the gainer on the character and the difference is that the builder does a little bit more damage and the gainer does is a longer range but does less damage. Uh, but the difference, I I think that wild stun that happens before damage is dealt, I guess it is on a wild trigger which is hard to get on four dice. And it's easier to get on five dice, but that's, I think that's really strong. I would almost do the gainer more often than the builder, even when in range. Well, the the thing about it, it's all the, um, for, for lack of a better term, the calculated risk, right? Um, because one's up close and personal and the other one is far away, you know, all depends on where your play style is going to fall for a certain game and a certain mission. Yeah. It's all context dependent. Cause you don't, you don't want widow stingers on, um, superpower scoundrels, right? Yeah. Cause you get cover. Right. Okay. I see. I see. Okay. Well, uh, what are, what are your thoughts about her? Brandon, what are, do you have anything that you want to point out on this card? Um, I thought she was a really good three-point model when I read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, <clears throat> I mean, I, I get the, I understand the references to like Blade, but the leadership is really what sets it apart. Uh, I think it's a fine model. It's just the four threat's going to be really tough for this to like find a way in. Especially when there are two other versions of Black Widow that are both cheaper. And... Well, the, and, like, you're, if you if you want to play Black Widow, you play the two-point Black Widow because she's still the best of the three. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, I agree with that. You use the Widow Stingers more than anything. Mainly because you don't ever want to be within range two. I don't think this character is more of a. Uh, so this is a character that you're gonna play as like an objective piece, and at four threat, I I don't think it's as good as, um, Spider Woman or Black Cat. So I think she's falls really in comparison to the like purely objective pieces that you'd want to be playing. Mm-hmm. Right. She's but not I, gonna be hitting very hard. Well, I think she would honestly. Um, she, for me, she falls into a unique category where she's an objective runner, but she can also be a chaser for those people who have objectives. Yeah, and Deadly Origins is a very good spender. I think it should be stated. She's also, uh, honestly, what she's really good, someone she's really good against is like Web Warriors because she can chase them down. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I know I've played games against Web Warriors where it becomes a cat and mouse game. And uh, this is someone who could very easily chase down Miles Morales. Or, you know, she can stay having range four attacks. I mean, she can kind of most likely she can stay within range three of like Black Cat and stuff to and make those attacks. So 
Yeah, I mean, that's so, the, the the difference is the four threat. It's really tough. Well, well, that's because she's she's good as a chaser for those smaller models. That's that's what I'm saying. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, Brad, what is your take here on uh, what what if anything jumps out at you? What do you see? So I think if you're gonna take her, it's probably gonna be for all that matters is the mission. In like a really scenario focused team, uh, that that ability I think is going to be a lot better than you would think at first blush. Yeah. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I yeah. think that that's the best thing on the card. So I'm thinking that's what's going to convince people to take the four point widow over I other mean, widows. So and you can play the other widows in your list. You just can't play them on the tables. Yeah, especially in if she's shield affiliated, uh, and then you have her and the shield grunts that do that. That's a lot of scenario control put into your hands instead of the opponents. Right, that's true. I bet she is shield affiliated. Yeah, I bet she is too. Yeah. It's... I, I gotta say, so... Uh, she almost think... has to be, right? To be able to play shield in the core box? Uh, or Spider-Man. Or both. I think it would make a lot more sense if it was her. What about Captain Marvel? I mean, lots of them could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But three will uh, have to be right. Yeah. I, I I okay. I think that uh, I think that what Stephen was saying that she can chase people down is definitely true. I th I think that Deadly Origins her spender, especially if if she has a way to adjust her dice to to really get that finisher going, can do a lot of work. I think that's a work-dealing attack. It may be one of the better spenders, actually. Cause, uh, it, I think we're underestimating how much damage that can shell out. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Is that plus all that matters is the mission good enough to justify the four threat? Uh I'm talking myself into thinking it is. I think it's... It might put her... Up, I don't know if it puts her above the two threat. I think it definitely puts her above the three threat Black Widow. She'll stay around longer than the two threat Widow, though. Yeah. She's got all the defensive tech. So she'll be on the board longer. Even if it's a turn longer, it can adjust the game quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, the more I'm looking at her, the more I like her. And she has a pretty good defensive pool too. Uh, is it, are there any tactics cards that are specifically? Oh for, yes. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, there. Yeah, there are. They're just Natasha, though, right? All of them. Okay, uh, I just looked up uh, for Black Widow. Are they? I should have looked up Natasha. Yeah, Romanov. I think they're just Natasha cards. 
Okay. Uh, is pro did professionals exist before this one? Yeah. Yep. I think it did, but uh, uh, do you have a, an order you want to go in, or alphabetical. do you want alphabetical? Okay, so we'll start with professionals. Uh, this is not one that came in the... This is one that came with the Hawkeye and Black Widow kit, but it definitely applies to this, the Black Widow. Uh, it is unaffiliated and active, and Natasha Romanov and Clinton Barton may spend two power each to play this card. If Clinton Barton damages a character with an attack this round and Natasha Romanoff is within range two of the damaged character, you may move one asset or civilian token from the damaged character to Natasha Romanoff. She is now holding that token. This card does not allow a character to hold more tokens than the crisis specifies, and that's great for this, uh, for the Black Widow. Pretty, it makes it easier for her steal, to steal. I'm pretty sure on the last podcast, which I don't know if you were on, Fred. Uh, Brandon was. On the last podcast we did about Black Widow, the original Black Widow, we talked about how this card was better for the three-point Black Widow. I think it's even better for this Black Widow. I agree. I think that's a great card for her. The the downside is you have to play this and then hope Clint does damage. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. So that's Can that's the out? rough part about this one. Uh, so if you're playing against me, you're fine. Can I point out something about this card? Yes. Go ahead. Um, you can have them spend two. Let's say you're playing with Captain America, right? And you activate Captain America first. You can spend two on these characters during Captain America's turn. Yes. And then you can shuffle around the board how you need to get this card off. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. okay. So you're not stuck saying, okay, Clint's going. I pay two with him and two with Natasha. Yeah, you can play it whenever. Uh. Mm -hmm. I think it's better if... to get into position and then play it, though. Right. A lot can yeah. happen. I agree. This round, yeah, it does. It you can do it, yeah. Because if you if you're already in place when you play it, you can. I don't. I, I'm not. It, it it just makes it so that it's more likely to go off. You don't well, get knocked is, out of position or something. This is also important when uh, Clint does his if he has a chance to do his fast draw on somebody. Yeah. Oh wow, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I think this card is great. I think this card is great specifically for this Black Widow. Yeah, I think that you're probably going to bring it if you have both Clint Barkin, bleh, bleh, Hawkeye, and uh, the Black Widow. I don't think you're going to take it. If you, because you won't normally have both of them together? Even if you have both. Tactics really? You don't think it's cards worth are having? too good. I think this is a good effect. Uh, the hardest thing this best is best fitted if they're both shield affiliated, which means they'll both probably be in your list. The problem is shield has so many good cards. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah it you're just right. gets pushed. It just gets pushed out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can play it if you want to play it, but like, yes. I think the same thing we talked about before is like you're most likely playing it in shield. And the problem is they gave S.H.I.E.L.D. like 12 affiliated cards that are all just bonkers. So, like, 
Okay, only half of those are bonkers. Now, if you were playing yeah. in Battle Realms, you could use this card. That's true. Yeah, if you play their shitty new format, you can No, play no, no, card. not the new format. The, the one, one where you, you draft. The one you I like. like. <laughs> oh, I do like that format. All right. Uh, well, so that is the Professionals Tactics card. Uh, the other, the new one is called Vertical Assistance. Uh, it is an unaffiliated active tactics card, and during Rata Natasha Romanov's activation, she may spend two power to play this card. Choose an allied character within range three of Natasha Romanov. The chosen character gains the wall crawler superpower until the end of the round. It immediately advances short. So they hmm. took out all the cards that let characters move outside of activation for the most part. Avengers Assemble's basically the only one left. Oh, okay. Like, um, uh, was it Climbing, climbing Gear? Climbing Gear yeah. and all that stuff. They're all gone. And then they print this card. Well, this one has more um, Requirements. stipulations. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because it has to be within range three of Natasha Romanoff. And it I don't can it be Natasha Romanoff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she could do it to yes. herself. Yeah, she definitely can. Uh, uh okay. So my my point uh, being, they thought these effects were too good. So this is probably a good card. It, oh, it definitely is. Uh, I mean, imagine if you could just do a short move to Hulk. Move him short closer to whomever you want to kill. I think, or to Malekith. Do this, oh, holy moly. <laughs> or uh, to get away from somebody. Or to get away from somebody. I mean, you're right. This, actually, this is enormously powerful. Uh, being You could also, if you set things up correctly, you could do this round one and use it as yes. a way to really fire someone off early. I actually so think you, this is amazing. <laughs> now, you, the more that I'm thinking about it. You probably don't want to do it round one. You're probably right. I, I agree. You're probably correct. But it is still a very good. It. Yeah, there are ways to, to. This is a very good effect. Uh, I'm kind of impressed. So everyone bring Craven so that you can turn Wallcrawler off after they give it to a character. <laughs> <laughs> Craven's the new meta I tell you man the Spider-Man one and now this I, I knew you would like that Steven <laughs> thank you he, he, is, he has a soft spot in my heart mine too I love Craven Brandon oh, also loves Craven I yeah. indeed do not love Craven <laughs> oh well not all of us can be correct. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that is all of the information we have on the Black Widow. And now we have to give her a letter grade. Uh, I, I guess I will go first. Um, I started off this discussion even thinking that I was pretty unimpressed with uh, a lot of the stuff. Uh, but mostly because... There are already there's already a really great two point uh, Natasha Romanoff, which would make it really hard to put this this model on the table. 
But the more we talked about it, the more that I liked her. The more I think that she has perhaps a place in the meta. Uh, I I think that, uh, I think that I'm gonna give her a B, just a solid B, a straight B. And I was coming in here ready to give her a C plus at the when when we first started talking about her. Uh, but I'm giving her a B. That's what I'm giving her. Uh, what are you gonna give her, Steven? Um, I don't know. Um, probably. Do you want me to go to someone else? Yeah, can... yeah. Let me look at this. Okay. A bit more. I think that this is one that uh, I think that what's good about her kind of comes out during discussion. It might be a model that does more work on the table than it looks like. Uh, wh- how about you, Brandon? Do you have a take on on the Black Widow? Unlike you, I'm not afraid to give her a C plus. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just think she's gonna have a hard time finding a spot. But again, yeah. it's, it has nothing to do with her. I feel like it's just a broken record at this point. All these core box models are very, they're very much like fine and playable. The problem is they are oversaturating the market with four threads, and it's gonna be really hard to take many of them. Yeah. You think unless that you're outside. playing those, unless you're playing those formats where stuff is rotating, and you can only play certain things, I think it's going to be really tough to play a lot of these four threats. They're yeah. just doing, they're doing outs- the same thing. Go ahead. Uh, outside of like uh, the uh, this new core box, outside of core box games, it'll be real tough to to really bring her into into yeah. games where you could just bring the two pointer and have the. Uh, not quite the same effect, but enough a similar effect to at two point cost reduction. Yeah, like if you have six points left and you don't have like if you have like a four and a two you can bring like in like you have both black widows like you're taking the two point and another four point model. Um, the hierarchy in four threat models is becoming really deep. Like there's a ton of them. Uh, they're doing the same thing they did with three points when the game first came out. Like, there was a ton of threes that came out, and now there are a ton of fours. Like, it's just going to be really hard to play. There's a ton of really good four-threat characters that are going to be really hard to play. And especially, like, you're not only competing against four-threat models, you're also competing against same-name models. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that's a C-plus from Brandon. Uh, Brad, do you have a grade that you would like to give to the Black Widow? Yeah, I'm going to go with B. She's, if you like this model and you want to play her and, and affiliation, she's going to be good for that. Probably not splashed a lot. Um, it's going to come down to what you want out of your model. She brings what you want, player. Okay. And uh, and how about you, Steven? I think I'm landing on a B-. minus. Okay. So, to tell you the truth. Um, okay. Even though I like Blade, I mean, it's... I, I agree with Brandon. It's harder and harder for four threats to find their way. Um, I think AMG spoiled us with a bunch of three threats. And so it was hard to shift our thoughts to, well, maybe four threats are what's supposed to be the norm. Um, I don't know. Um AMG probably needs to do something to correct this 
this issue that's going on. So what that is, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how you correct it. Are you are you talking about like just the 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 creep of there there's going to be certain models that get played so much more than others just because they are so much more effective at the same well, point level? What 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 two fours are everybody taking right now? I mean, uh, you say what four uh, threats? What four threats are is everybody taking? Logan, Venom, no, uh, what Bill and Doctor Voodoo? Oh yeah, exactly. You're right. oh, okay, not me personally, but in general. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was getting ready to say everyone that's not Brad. But... I actually do have Voodoo in my list too. So I think I, I it's think really if hard I, not to play Doctor Voodoo. If I had to come up with a solution. Um, I would keep the leaderships like they are for the characters, but like Storm, I actually like Storm's leadership, but I think it should have been distinctive. Like the first part of the leadership, you get that no matter what. And then the second part of the leadership, only people who are affiliated with X-Men get that leadership for the cover. You see what I'm saying? So mm. I think I think that could be a nice little solution if they had cards that said if you are uh, a cabal member under a cabal affiliation you get this little bonus so that would you know kind of slot characters into their affiliations a little bit better you know what i mean instead of taking these outside characters all the time yeah make it harder make it less uh um In, less amenable yeah, yeah less inviting to uh splash certain things correct yeah i also think beta ray bill is just a lot better than he should be <laughs> right but you know i mean um wh whatever you would do like if brad put him in his storm x-men he wouldn't get cover you know what right. i mean yeah that that second ability if you split them up a little bit like that so and it could also help fix some oh, characters that's like, the uh, one you want to make x-men only okay yeah, exactly. But no, no, I understand what you're saying. They should Brad, both yeah. be X Men. The uh, the other one is abused way more. So, <laughs> okay. I think but, he was just using that as a yeah. as a um, yeah, an example. as an example. I don't yeah. think he was talking specifics. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it it'd be nice to see if they come up with a solution. I don't know what that is, but something along those lines would be nice, you know? It's something... I don't know. Uh, I, AMG is pretty good at making these games, and, I mean, there are a lot of characters that are not very good in the game right now, but there are also a lot of characters that still see play. Even... I, I don't know. I, I What I'm saying is AMG is really good at this, and... Out of the I, 154 characters in the game, how many do you think are never played at a tournament? Out of 154 that are never played in a tournament, mm -hmm. uh, probably like 40 some. I'd okay. go with like 80 or more. 80? <laughs> Half? I think a third is more reasonable, like 50 ish. But I mean, there's a lot of affiliations not even played. Correct. Yeah. Well, so I. That's not true overall. Like, even the bad ones are getting played. Yeah, but we we still see those 
uh, affiliations with good characters from outside their affiliation. Yeah. But w what I'm saying is who, who puts original daredevil on the table anymore? Right. Oh, who no put, one. Who well, puts Viper? Yeah, who puts Viper? Viper on the gets table, played you know? in Hydra. Well, a little bit, a little bit. Sin doesn't. <laughs> Sin doesn't. Viper's the good model in that box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is really but, funny because everyone thought it was the other way around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, you know, maybe maybe something needs to be done too. I know tactics cards can rejuvenate somebody, but it's only a tactic card. And then you have the problem of, well, we'll just take this character for this tactic card and put them in this other affiliation that makes them better, right? So, like I said, I don't know what the solution is. It's just I wish they would give an incentive to take fours that are in your affiliation or fives that are in your affiliation or threes that are in your affiliation more often than what they do. So I, I'm, I'm a little worried that the, uh, that the correction is that it has to be more models like uh, in, in order to count for an affiliation bonus, you have to bring more than what it currently is, which is currently well, set at greater than 50%. If they set it to, to like, all but one, that would be pretty restrictive. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know what the correction, I, I, what you're saying is a solution. Like, give an incentive uh, mm -hmm. in the affiliation bonuses. But I don't know how to change, like, how do you change uh, blades? Do you change blades to make it so that only uh, the... Midnight Suns characters can be bumped? Actually, that's a very good example because there is an incentive, okay? And that incentive is Siege, Siege of Darkness. Darkness. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. That one does, definitely has a good incentive. So I am once again, example, Fred. I am once example. again asking for a Siege of Darkness card for X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I get a first class for Midnight Suns, you're on. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that what we're landing on is that uh, there. I don't, there, think, that's I, a, I don't I, think that's a fair trade, by the way. <laughs> no, I don't either. Uh, but um, what I think is uh, we're landing on as a group is that there is something that need that I don't know if needs is the correct term. There is something that could be done that makes the game more amenable to these niche characters. To the ones that are affiliated, but that no one ever brings, but we don't know what the solution is. <laughs> well, on the um, on the mini extravaganza, they they touted that they're having a plethora of other ways to play, right? So mm -hmm. maybe there'll be a gem in there that I'm not aware of. So okay, I'll I will certainly keep my eyes open on mini extravaganza. Before we go on, we have to do. Well, there is a couple of things we have to mention that we didn't, and those oh. are tournaments. Oh, you're right. Um, okay, so does someone have the upcoming tournaments? D do you know what the dates are for the upcoming tournaments, Stephen? Okay, well, I know Brad knows the one you guys are doing, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Brad, when is our September tournament? Uh, the 16th. That will be September 16th, really? Okay. Okay. 
Um, also on September 16th, uh, there is a MCP Standard Rumble run by Mike Corkhill, otherwise known as Cork. You guys met him. He came yes. down to one of your tournaments. Nice guy. Um, mm-hmm. He is running this in uh, at Game Table Adventures uh, in Newark, Ohio. That's about 40 miles east of Columbus, going on 70. So uh, if anybody's interested in that, uh, Cork always runs a good tournament. I've been to one of his down in Dayton. I don't know if he's moved or not, but we'll we'll find out, I guess. But um, so I would give that a shout out. And then, Brad, we've got some big one coming up, right? Yeah. Uh, After that? Well, I forget the date for that. Is it the 23rd? 23rd and 24th. 23rd and 24th. And LVO qualifier. Bryce is putting it, like, keeps stressing that this is not a points qualifier. This is the winner gets an invitation to the LVO tournament. So, uh, less congratulations on your uh, invitation. Uh, (laughs) I hope I am there so that you can beat me to a pulp to get it. <laughs> I hey you've won against Les before. Yeah, he let me it do is that hard. once. <laughs> well, there's there's going to be other good players there too, like Nick Angelo and Nick Parrott. Yeah, so, yeah, um, it, Les isn't a shoe in to win, but he does Savage have a pretty is, good Savage, record. Savage is there also too. So yeah. And it's going to be a, a, a winner-take-all LVO qualifier, so everyone's going to come correct. Everyone's going to bring yeah. their best stuff. Yeah, sometimes Savage shows up with something he's just trying out. He probably won't. But he's not. He won't. No, yeah. no, he won't. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, since we've done that, Brad, do you have any comic book recommendations for The Black Widow? I do. Uh, once again, had to go back and listen to that part of the old podcast to make sure I didn't repeat myself. And um, luckily, I did remember what they were. I was like, I think it was this. And then I went back and listened to it. That's exactly what I said. So two new ones for Black Widow. Uh, one of them I picked very much on purpose uh, for this card. Uh, I'm going to start with that one. Black Widow, Deadly Origin. I'm going to bring the card back up on the... Everyone see? Deadly Origin. Oh, I clicked the wrong one, didn't I? Deadly Origins. Bam, right there. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. For how long are you going to let me just go on about this Deadly Origins thing? I mean, I'm just going to let you keep talking. Uh, and for those of you who are listening, there is a YouTube uh, version of our podcast where you can see Brad's screen. You can. Uh, it's not very exciting. It's not. It's uh, not exciting. Okay. So Black Widow, Deadly Origin, written by Paul Cornell, uh, with art by Tom Rainey and John Paul Leon. Paul Cornell has written some of my favorite comics. He's he's really good. He's got a real handle on the characters he's writing. Um, and he always tells a very interesting story. And in this, he tells the origin of the Black Widow from her training in the Red Room all the way to joining the Avengers. And 
Uh, it's all very exciting. It feels like an action movie. And there's two artists because one draws like the present day story and the other one draws like the flashback stuff. And so you could always tell at a glance which if you're in the, the present or the past, which is pretty cool. It's like how movies do black and white or sepia for the past, but way better because that's kind of boring. Mm. Well, it is. You get completely different artists, and that's cool because you get to see more cool art. I wish I could art. I wish okay. I could. Next. That sounds like per- that sounds like a personal problem, bro. <laughs> it, it it is. Uh, <laughs> The other one is uh, Black Widow, Shields Most Wanted. This is by Mark Wade and Chris Samney. So Natasha has done some bad stuff in her past. See Black Widow, Deadly Origin. And uh, in this story, that some of that stuff gets out to the general public. And S.H.I.E.L.D. has no choice but to hunt her down to arrest her. And she's running away. And she has to run from her friend and fellow Avenger, Iron Man. He's chasing her down. That's it. Iron Man is chasing down uh, Black Widow? Yes. For her sins? For her past sins. And the only Mm. reason they're doing it is because those sins were made public. They knew before. But there's like public. Why is outcry. Iron Man like? Why why is Iron Man like the lawful neutral character? Is that and just who he is? the MCU? Iron Man sucked. That's yeah. I was true. gonna say like okay, uh, but he did make weapons for the government before he was a superhero, Fred. I think that's pretty on par. Yeah. <laughs> okay. N- Northrop Stark instead of Grumman. Sure. It's just called Stark sure. Enterprises. He yeah. did he did almost die from those weapons and then decide that that was a bad idea and stopped making weapons for the government and made weapons for himself. Wait, Man, that's, what a <laughs> That's not better. No, it's not. <laughs> Why is he a good guy? <laughs> He's not. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. He's uh, is a that simile of a good guy? <laughs> right, yeah. Is that it for the comic book recommendations? Yeah. yeah, two good comics. Get out there and read them. They're on Marvel Unlimited. Okay. Which, uh, Brandon. Oh, hey, speaking of Marvel Unlimited, if you uh, sign up right now, it should be still going right now, and put in the code GALA, G A L A, 2023, uh, you can get the a year of Marvel Unlimited for $52. That's $1 a week. Comics are $3 or more a piece, and you get like tens of thousands of comics for a dollar a week. 
So th- that promo code is GALA2023. Not sponsored, uh, but you should... That's like the best deal they've ever given on the on Marvel Unlimited. So take advantage. There you go, folks. Go out there and get uh, Marvel Unlimited. And if okay, Brandon. Anyone, anyone from Marvel's listening and you want to sponsor us for this segment, uh, please get in touch. I've said it before. Uh, no one's listening. <laughs> Shut up, Fred. <laughs> there could be Marvel employees who play MCP and found our podcast. It's What's possible. That? You wanted another two bucks? Oh, uh, that's you're not on mute there, Stephen. We can hear oh. that. Oh, that's Chris, my boss, talking to me. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Brandon. Do you have any uh, any lists where you think that the Black Widow will really excel? Um, I actually was toying around with her in a Hellfire Club control list um, with the two-point Black Widow, Black Cat, Voodoo, uh, very similar to lists that me and uh, Brad made together. Um, so it's got like Voodoo, Enchantress, two-point Black Widow, Black Cat, Mystique, uh, Emma Frost, Four Point, Black Widow as well, uh, and kind of gives you a bunch of options in that scenario. Also, I threw your boy uh, Hawkeye in the list just to play professionals just for you because you know what list always needs tactics cards? Any list that Emma Frost plays. That's true. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. So. Okay. Okay, that's an interesting... I think that that's actually a really good place for her. Yeah, just like a hyper-control list. Um, The problem is there are a lot of fours. Yeah, and you can bring all of them in in her Hellfire Club. You're definitely not restricted. Well, the pro- again, the problem is like a lot of the really good control pieces like Voodoo, Enchantress, and Spider-Woman are all four threat. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, uh, that's a great place to put her, though. Uh, so I guess that leaves um, my recommendation. And I don't, I, I, I honestly, I kept trying to think of a Scarlett Johansson movie that's not Marvel affiliated that I really liked. And I was having trouble thinking of any, which is kind can of I help, mean. Can I help you out? Oh well, I've got I've got something, but uh, yeah, if you want to help me, go ahead. <laughs> were you Were you gonna say Ghost World? No, I've never oh, seen that Ghost is, World. That's an interesting choice. Okay, y- you know what? I've never seen Ghost World. I'm you gonna cede it. my 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 time to Stephen. Okay. Oh, what is gosh. Ghost World about? <laughs> you need to. Oh, you're making me look this up now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. The, 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 never mind. It, I, never mind. I saw it a long time ago. What um, about Lost in Translation? Uh, that is a great movie. You're correct. I did not think of that movie, but uh, Scarlett Johansson is in that. And well, Scarlett. Yeah, go ahead. What I'm about sorry. Home Alone Three, Fred? Wait, is Scarlett Johansson in Home Alone Three? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, that she's this like, is the first she's time. like a literal child in that movie, but yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so this would be the first time that anyone had ever recommended Home Alone 3. I mean, yeah. 
All right. Fred, <laughs> uh, you need to watch Ghost World because uh, it has not only Scarlett Johansson, it has Thora Birch and Stephen Buscemi. Okay. And Brad Renfo. So. Okay. Well, what's it about? What 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 am I watching? Uh, if I watch it. Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson and Thora Birch are just graduating high school, and they're in this um, kind of that weird place between high school and college, and they're trying to figure out their ways in the world as teenage ladies. Um, one's kind of a slacker, and one's kind of a busybody. So, okay. uh, and one of them kind of falls for an older guy which is played by Steve Buscemi, uh, who's into finding uh, lost art and, um, you know, classical things. So it's kind of a touch-and-go thing. Um, Thora Birch's character and Steve Buscemi and Scarlett Johansson kind of makes fun of the whole thing. But it's a coming-of-age girls kind of movie, you know what I mean? It's also based on a graphic novel. Mm Mm-hmm. I do like a good coming-of-age story. So, so it, everyone go out there and watch Ghost World. It, it is another Scarlett Johansson comic book movie. Just want to Oh, boy, out. you're right. But <laughs> it's it not Marvel-related. It is not Marvel. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. Well, everyone, uh, go out there and play some good games and have fun. And that'll do for our podcast today. Nailed it, Fred. Fred.